You're listening to the Ohio Conference Cast, where we explore topics related to the workings of Ohio Conference. Here are your hosts, Bill Seymour and Thomas Dunn. It's time for a commercial break. My name is Megan Sohar, and I want to draw your attention to the Ministry Development Team grants that are available to anyone in Ohio Conference. Every year, the Ministry Development Team awards grants to congregations that are doing missional work and need a little financial boost to get an idea off the ground. If you were at ACA in March or listened to our previous episode about the wheelhouse, they were assisted by a Ministry Development Team grant last year. The grant deadline is August 6th, and the Ministry Development Team is planning to award $24,000 this year. Go to the Ohio Conference website and click on the Grant Program for Local Ministries link. And now, to the show. Hello, welcome to Ohio Conference Cast. This is Paula snyder Belusic, and I have the pleasure of being here with Bill Seymour. Hi. Corbin weaver Beauchart. Hello. And Jessica Schrock-Ringenberg. Hello. Bill, I really feel sad for you. You don't have a double name. Yeah. Uh, I am William Arthur Seymour the third. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, all right. You so we need to go by we're that. Okay. <laughs> the Reverend William Arthur Seymour the third. That's, just that's pretty regal. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. We were all dwarfed. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that we're here today is the four of us, along with uh, Joel Shank, who's not here with us today, attended Scent 2018, which was a church planting conference hosted by Mennonite Mission Network in the city of Chicago. And so we want to just take some time to share our reflections about that. So why don't we begin by just talking about sort of the themes for the conference. Corbin, you want to tell us sort of the theme and what what we were doing there together at Scent? Well, as best as I remember, the theme for the weekend was from Jerusalem to Antioch, and the Mennonite Mission Network staff were leading the conference through the book of Acts and thinking about what does it mean or what did it mean in the early church for the center of the church's activity to move from Jerusalem um, and and comparing that to a legacy church. Church uh, congregation or a people rooted in history and tradition with a long view backwards. Yeah. yeah, and a strong sense of tradition to moving out into the world and into new lands and new cultures and ways of thinking about what does it mean to be God's faithful people that is not only for this tradition, but for the whole world. And we found that to be a pretty timely conversation for the church today. It's really about the difference between a past-oriented church and a future-oriented church, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the most simple way to put it. And yeah, it, and that might be unfair to the legacy uh, thing, because Heidi... Uh, Regeer-Kreider? Heidi Regeer-Kreider, the Western Conference Minister, she talked about a couple positives of the legacy church, the groundedness and the rootedness. Well, and even Sally Southquist, one of the church planters of Living Water Church, there talked about how beneficial it was for them to have the anchor at Reba Place Church. Well, one of the helpful images or ways of thinking about what's useful about the legacy church still and and what we still need from it is the idea of remembering forward. And if we can take what we have in that rootedness and groundedness of the legacy church and think about ways of, of taking the best of what our history and what our tradition has to offer in a way that we are continually taking that on into the future and, and instilling the best parts of 
the gospel that we have maintained and taught and preached and proclaimed and instilling that into the future. And, and that idea of remembering forward, I think, grabbed the attention of a lot of people and captured a lot of imaginations at the conference. Yeah, so and I think also, I think for the five of us who went there from Ohio Conference, all of us are pastors of what we'd call legacy churches, churches that have a long history. And so on the one hand, it was sort of strange for us to show up at a church planting conference and yet, I felt like a foreigner yes, because right. like, I run the other way when we talk about church planting. Right. Yeah. It's probably not our most natural kind of thing. But I think for myself personally, part of the attraction of going was trying to draw from the wisdom of people who have been immersing themselves in what it means to think about God's mission and how to push that out into the world and thinking about what gifts do we in long established churches, my church, the Salem Mennonite church is 170. My church is 176 years old. So we are a long way away from yeah. church planting. It made me think about what is it? What are the gifts that my church has to offer? And should we be thinking about church planting or right. other ways of replicating ourselves, right? God didn't give us this building and these people just to sit down here, but there's a calling out to the world. So that was part of my attraction of attending this conference. What about the rest of you? Why did you show up at Scent? I like to just go to places like that to know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> like We were earlier reflecting on just kind of the kind of people who were drawn to this weren't the kind of people drawn to normal MCUSA functions. And um, to have this group of like-minded people who kind of don't quite fit the normal mold and misfits misfits yes that's a good way to call us misfits people who just have this holy restlessness in the greater denomination to all have all of us gather in one place that's why i like to go to places like that which i thought was interesting because of the five of us who went you're the only one i would identify as that all in forward thinking maybe church planner type the rest of us I, at least me, I don't like. I don't know that church planning is on the first front of our mind all the time, and I'm not certain that we weren't the only four there who weren't church planting minded and were just like deer in the headlights. What is going on here? Yeah, I, you know, it's not fair that Joel's not here. He can't speak up for himself. But I went because I was invited to come to do some podcasts, but I also went because I've been inspired by the whole missional thing we've been trying to learn in OHA Conference and trying to find some way for the people around us in Wayne County, where I am, to you know catch this idea and move forward with it. And I thought, well, if I keep running from this idea of church planting, that's not going to help. So what, what if I just went to where church planters were and pretended to be extroverted for a weekend? And I thought it was interesting. My first experience was taking an Uber from the airport to the church, uh, which is like a 45-minute drive. I wasn't going to say a word. I sat in the back seat. I was the only one in the car. And here's my Uber driver, who's a Pentecostal from Puerto Rico, and he started talking. And I thought, well, if I'm going to a church planning conference, I probably ought to talk to this guy. And we had a great conversation. And I learned a lot from this guy. Ask me about that another time. So you kind of described that this was sort of a conference of maybe misfit toys in the Mennonite church. Um, but 
why don't you describe just some Mister. of that? Sorry to everybody else who was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that may or not be true, but why don't Carla, we Marvin. describe <laughs> some of the diversity or the variety of people that were there? Because I think one of the things that we've noted is that in some spaces, you know, this is re- was really different than some of the typical places where when Mennonite Church USA people get together. And it really looked a lot different than Ohio Conference. So why don't you describe for people who was there? Yeah, well, one one thing that you said, Jessica, was that there was a lot of like-minded people and a lot of people coming and resonating around the same ideas of wanting to think about church planting and think about disciple-making and getting back to basics. And yet the look and feel of the conference was really diverse. It was multi-ethnic, it was multicultural, and yet... There was this common sense of the spirit at the conference that felt really uh, unique in a lot of ways. It was it was the kind of thing that I don't necessarily expect to find in Mennonite Church USA, but I know it's present in our denomination, and it was good to be in a place where that was the case. It was really interesting how mission-mindedness has this ability to pull us together in the same direction, even though we're coming from very different places. and And that's really the sense. I mean— uh, the the worship was dynamic and diverse. The people were dynamic and diverse, and just really the um, the ways in which we could relate to each other and have conversations. Even though we're, we were coming from, I mean, people from different parts of the country and different countries and different languages, all coming together to have this really—that's what we were talking about. This Pentecost experience. Yeah, well, and I think that was one of the beautiful gifts to me was people from so many different walks of life, so many different uh, ethnic backgrounds. And, you know, living in Ohio, maybe we don't have as much access, maybe it doesn't, our churches are not as diverse, or we think they don't have the potential of being of being that diverse. Um, so it's a gift just to get outside of maybe uh, the typical places that we travel and see this diversity of the Mennonite church. I had w- wonderful interaction with women, church planners from Florida, women from Garifina background. Is that, I'm not sure that I'm saying that correctly, but say it, say it again. Garifina? Grif- yeah. So sorry, sisters, I'm saying this wrong, but they are free African people who were never enslaved. They managed to escape and they populated places like Belize and other parts of the Caribbean. Anyway, these women are dynamic and they are doing exciting things, church planning while also working full-time jobs. And so for me as a pastor who has this luxury of being paid to do Jesus-y kind of work, I was really inspired by these women. Yeah. 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 They were incredible. Yeah. The multi-ethnic, multi-all that stuff was really feel good and, mm-hmm. you know, felt really Jesus-y, but, but what did we learn? Well, I think one of the things that I am just so mindful of in this moment in our culture is that there's all kinds of voices that are trying to divide the church around lines of ethnicity, around immigrants in our country, and for me, it was where the Spirit of God is at work, God is pulling people together rather than dividing people. And so I think part of our faithfulness in the church is that we see these men and women from other countries of the world who have come here to the U.S. who have a passion for Jesus and that they are our brothers and sisters. And so rather than us as seeing them as others, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they are calling us to faithfulness. And so that was a really profound gift to me. And I will honestly say that um, in that moment, I was joyful and also had a deep sense of pain, thinking that there are parts of the Christian family who would see these um, brothers and sisters as others and mm-hmm. people who have no right to be here. Um, and that pains me deeply. And it was also a joy. Yeah, there are too many of us who are living uh, in the spirit of the Tower of Babel uh, and not in Pentecost. Yeah. It also inspired me because this weekend at my church, I baptized um, a Mexican-American man, and we welcomed a white young man who worked on a pig farm who drives a big truck and wears cowboy boots, and we brought into membership an African-American man. So I think if a little country church in rural Ohio can do this, then other churches in Ohio Conference can also be inspired by that Pentecost fire. So on the same day, Thomas Dunn organized uh, about 10 of us from Ohio Conference to visit a Congolese refugee church in Akron. Oh. Akron Swahili Community Church, very new, seven months old, something like that. There's no announcement of anything that, but we, I would ask that people would pray for this congregation. They're seeking economic assistance. They're seeking fellowship. They're really seeking belonging. We had some folks there to begin a relationship. It was something that Ralph had asked would happen uh, while he was away on sabbatical. Wonderful. And we may have, I don't know, something soon, some kind of a connection, but it was really cool to be there on the day of Pentecost. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, and experience that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one thing that I've been reflecting on, and it's, and it's a takeaway from the Scent Conference and this feeling of unity amidst diversity and the sense of the Spirit moving in the midst of our denomination and just in the midst of our congregations and our church planters. Um, it has felt for a few years now like there's so much fragmenting in the church, and not just in the Mennonite church, but across different denominations, that we're in this period that's really painful for a lot of people in the church, whether you're in a con- whether you're a congregation, a pastor, a church planter, a denominational leader. And I think there's this sense of where are we going to go from here and what's the church going to be from here? And so to have this kind of a gathering point of people who have really, I think, been feeling that in profound ways that are trying to figure out where the Spirit is going to blow next, just having these spaces where we can come together um, around a concept like missional or how is Jesus continuing to make disciples in the church today? What does it mean to be a church that's on the move it's just a really encouraging space to be in. And I go back to my congregation then filled up in the spirit because I've been around these people. And and the more spaces I think we can create in the church right now in this period of unrest, I think the the more cross-pollination we're going to have and the more sense of shared direction, unity, and vision we're going to have because we get a lot of good ideas here and we really get built up by each other. So that's just one takeaway is it's the simple fact of having a space like the Scent Conference mm-hmm. where we can come together. But I know that there were a lot of things that we learned there too that we can talk about. So there were two phrases that I came away remembering. And the first, I don't know that I remembered them word for word, but I have them written down so I can help. Uh, James Crabill talked about thinking of a legacy church, a church that's been around for a long time, has deep roots. And what if our legacy moving forward was not a history book? would be a church plant and uh, thinking of remembering forward with a purpose, which 
Corbin alluded to earlier. The other one was something that Sally Youngquist said in the very beginning before Living Water Church formed, uh, while all those considerations were still happening, an African-American pastor said to her, if you want your congregation to be diverse, the church that you are intending to plant, then your core has to be diverse. Your leadership has to be diverse. And so this idea that I walked away from was, okay, if I put the same people in the room, asking them to come out with a different product, is that really reasonable? Can I really expect that? And yeah, I don't want to say the Spirit of God can't move and and change us, but I haven't processed that completely. Those were the two things I thought about all the way home on the plane, for sure. Michael Danner had gotten up and spoke about um, visiting two different churches in Illinois conference, and the one, I I don't remember the numbers, so forgive me, Michael, if I'm quoting you wrong, but um, like (laughs) saying something like, you know, he visited one church with 35 members and $100,000 in the bank, and it was like a church plant, and they were so excited about the future. And then visiting another church of 35 people and $100,000 in the bank, and then just feeling like they were in imminent death. and that Because really, they used to be 200. Yeah, because they used to be 200. And really, like, where do we, what's the difference between the two is their hope. And yeah. that's what we've really, like, hope has become the word we talk about at Zion all the time. And, and we were like, hope, like hope, like we, we hope that we can hope, you know, this concept that we as Christians don't have a right to not be hopeful, <laughs> that we just need to be hopeful. Yeah. Uh, just a side note, Michael Danner is the new Terry Shue in that parlance. The job's a little different as minister of church vitality at the present time. I think for the next week or so, he's the Illinois conference minister whoever's keeping score, so we're just not name-dropping. Well, thank you very much, Jessica Corbin and Bill, for this conversation today. And so we're signing off from Ohio Conference Cast. Catch us next time. Thanks for listening to the Ohio Conference Cast. We would like to hear from you. You can email us at ohioconferencecast at gmail.com with any topics or questions you would like us to explore. 